This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, food is good for the body and the soul, so why are we so bad at sharing it with others? Julie Ohana, culinary art therapist, tells us why cooking and eating together can be so therapeutic. She also gives us some tips on how to spice up our cooking, mindfulness, and intention in the kitchen. Was the Prime Minister tone deaf for singing Bohemian Rhapsody prior to the Queen's funeral, or was there nothing to see here? We should just move along. Your calls and texts. Plus, are you okay with turkey, and what about Beyond Meat? When you put those two stories back to back though it sounds kind of funny just saying this is the shift podcast are you okay with (laughs) you know is that a was that a turkey we have never spoken about turkeys even pre-thanksgiving as much as this very shift show. Have you noticed that? Uh, well, what about the time where the debate over turkey or ham? I feel like that took up mm. almost an entire show. I feel like that, that still might be the winner. But uh, there has been a lot of turkey talk. There's been uh, deep fried turkey, ground turkey, yeah. taco turkey. There's been a lot of turkey. Are you okay with turkeys? I think it's a little overrated. Like, you know, like a drumstick's good. Unless it's cooked, you pour your heart and soul into the whole process. It's great. And I feel like for the amount of effort to get a good turkey, you should just make some smoked salmon or or some ribs or something. Really? That's just me, though. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan will be leaving the show now after that comment. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's how passionate Shade is about turkey, eh? Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't realize you were so passionate about turkeys. I like turkey sporadically. I like it on the holidays. I like it on Thanksgiving. I like it on mm-hmm. Christmas. But outside of that, I just leave it to the holidays. It makes me tired, you know? Makes yeah, me a little tired. I agree with that. See, I like the things that come with it. You make your turkey. It smells like turkey. You baste okay. the turkey. Yeah. You, it, you know, The skin is good. The turkey's good. Everything's good. But then you take the carcass. You make the soup. You make the turkey pies. All of it is good. Thanksgiving's coming. That means turkeys are on the defensive. That might explain why turkeys from Boston are starting to attack residents. Nipping, pecking, fighting with everyone, fighting with cars. Every neighborhood has that one resident, the one you can't stand. The most aggressive one is Kevin. Always clucking, causing a commotion. He's the one that kind of stops traffic. This Woburn neighborhood has a few bad eggs near their properties. All four of them out front. They just happen to be turkeys. And it's Esther, Gladys, and Patricia. Megan Tolson has endless stories, even more videos. Um, I'd say over 10. Kevin and the crew holding her hostage in her home. He has attacked books, children, kids on bikes. They stalk the corner of Nashua and Tremont. They'll peck at your tires, and they also won't let you out of your car. The strategy to get out is you have to fix your mirror. Every neighbor has a plan in place. Okay, okay he's hit my door. He's hit my door. He's in the way car. to get free. It's scary. April Drolet has been yeah. fleeing them for years. There's been times where I've been trapped in my car where I can't get out and I have to call family members. Or in some cases. This is Finley. A four-legged hero. He's trained. It comes natural to him if, if I let him off. Oh, there's so much there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love the name, the American name, Drollet. <laughs> <laughs> Drollet. <laughs> I 
didn't even write. Oh my! Right? No uh, there's Kevin, Patricia, Esther, whatever the other the birds of names like that. No wonder they're angry. Um. That's from CBS in Boston, by the way. Wildlife experts told the news channel that this type of aggression takes time and comes when people feed the animals or have bird feeders. The longer the birds get accustomed to humans, the more they see people as part of their flock or rafter. What is rafter? That's what what a flock of turkeys is. No. Is it really? I think so. That's what it's implied in 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 this story, yeah. A rafter of What's turkeys. What's a flock of turkeys called? Isn't it funny that almost every time we talk about an animal in Are You Okay, a we rafter. have a pause to wow. find out what a group of them is called? This happens without That's because we're learning. That's because we're learning. This is an educational show. Kids, drop out of school listen to The Shift. We'll set you up for life. I don't know about you, but I want to start a new wave cover band with the three of us called A Flock of Turkeys now. You know, like that's a, a great one. idea. Yeah, that'd be great. And I ran. Yeah. I ran so far away from the butcher. But we could do like I pecked or something. Yeah. And I pecked so far away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, miscellaneous trivia: Adult male turkeys are called toms. Knew that. Um, in fact, my uncle Tom was Tom Turkey. Uh, females are called hens. Wild turkey babies are called poults. Ooh, I feel like that's like a seasoning thing. Juvenile males are called jakes. Juvenile jakes. females are called jennies. A group of Turkeys is called a rafter or a flock. Huh. Who knew? I didn't know that. Did you know that? No. No. I feel like people just like gave up on naming them. Like, I feel like most people would be okay with just like a bird is a bird. A group of birds is a flock of birds. I don't know why we have to get so specific with each animal. Yeah, I don't understand where the word rafter ties in, but... It, turkeys must be closely related to geese because they're like the cobra chickens are nasty. Turkeys are nasty. Like they're just mean, mean animals. All right. Um, more on this story. Um, I got sidetracked by the rafter thing. The pecking and chasing them is asserting dominance over people or from seeing their own reflection in a car door. And you can hear in this clip, even the residents are starting to form a symbiotic relationship with the turkeys. They kind of grow on you a little bit. Like when I don't see him for a couple of days, I'm like, oh no, did someone run Kevin over? Like, you know, like you, you're kind of concerned. In Woburn, I'm Mike Sullivan. Have a good day, Kevin. WBZ News. Can we keep that clip, please? Oh no, did someone run Kevin over? Yeah, we're going to find like the most random story like six months from now and we can finally use it. Yeah, absolutely. We can do that. Want to make a ground turkey joke now for Kevin? getting hit by a car are you okay with self-checkout i don't know man it's a loaded question because there's a time and a place i think if i have if i can fit everything in a basket i can probably do self-checkout but if i've taken a cart there's no way i'm going to self-checkout i'm, I'm going to a cashier and where hmm. was i at uh recently and it did not have oh actually the grocery store downtown that i go to they don't even have a single self-checkout it's all still cashiers and i actually kind of like it it's not even an option there's always at least one person ready at the tills yeah 
That's cool. I like it. I'm conflicted. Conflicted. My mother was a grocer for years in the union. She was a big workers' rights person. My dad was a big workers' rights. They they were all about that. And they were like, never use the self-checkout because it takes jobs away. And I did that for years and years and years. But as I've aged, I've become less inclined to interact with people. As you know with me. So sometimes self-checkouts, they really hit the spot when you don't want to interact with people. Or you just don't want to stand in line. A lot of times they don't have the lineup that the the checkout line does as well. So I have Mm -hmm. used a self-checkout on occasion when I'm uh, in the no people zone. Mm -hmm. I I can't help but think of um, that. Well, I I can't help but think of this, actually. Uh Uh-oh. What? People. But they say that there's no jobs. And, but really, it's just a different kind of jobs, maybe less jobs. But they're a different kind of jobs because you have computer programmers, graphic designers, there's the technology, the computer scientists, there's the repair folks, there's the installer folks. Like, it does really, I mean, it might be less jobs, but there are different kinds of jobs. I do like to support the local folks that do work at the grocery stores and work in their jobs. So I would agree with you. I go through the till, but it is faster to go through the checkout. I don't like to do the checkout at Costco, though, because when you have that different color receipt that you went through the checkout, I think they inspect your stuff closer. It takes more time different to get out of the store. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Different receipt. It's a blue receipt for when you do self-checkout, white receipt when you go through the checkout, and a yellow receipt when you go to the liquor store. See, this is the whole thing with Costco. It's a it's a weird cult. I don't know what goes on in there, you guys, and your your weird Costco cult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's buying lots of things that you last you a very very long time for a lot of money, but in the big picture, it's supposed to be cheaper. So I don't know. Anyway, Hot dogs. Uh, many companies have tested self checkout during the pandemic. In fact, that was a big one. Some are even taking self checkout to the extreme. You've heard of like these ones where it's just like you walk out of the store. Even the Apple Store, you can do it. You can walk up and you can scan something with your phone and do your checkout that way, and then leave. It's cool. Um, Wegman's store in the U.S. that could have spent a little more time working on a catchy name developed an app that allowed users to shop for groceries in a very convenient way. Unfortunately, the app is now shut down because too many people were using it to shoplift. It allows people to scan and bag their items as they shop. Then you scan a barcode. When you get to the checkout, it pulls up your order and you pay. The problem is some people were apparently not paying. ScanApp customers got these emails yesterday explaining that while Wegmans has gotten feedback that people love the app, losses the stores are experiencing are preventing Wegmans from continuing to make the app available in its current state. That's from WGRZ TV. Oh, this is the thing that gets me about all this because we've heard the movies, the movie companies, right? It's like they used to use an incentive to, um, to, go online and pre-buy your tickets, right? To save line at the, in the shop. But now they charge you online to use the online service. And I feel like these apps are kind of doing the same thing, right? They're, they're taking away all these people's work and all these things, but then they're going to charge extra fees eventually on this. Now Wegmans debuted its Scanago app as Amazon was bidding to ramp up its cashierless Amazon Go stores in the U.S., one retailer shared data with a researcher who is looking at scan-and-go apps in general. The data found that the technology had a loss rate 18% higher than those who did not use it. Wow. Oh, did I need to pay for that? But I wonder if you scan it 
And then thinking that I put in my credit card information, oh, hey, look, it didn't charge me when I left. Yeah, right? maybe a little bit of know? confusion. Yeah, there mm-hmm. could be some intentional or even just like, oh, you know, I put 20 things in my basket and I'm going to pay for them, but nobody's going to notice if I put the 21 in. I'm leaving. I'm walking out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine that. And you also, it's important to know with the app, you just scan it. If you do self-checkout, at least you have the insert cash or select payment type. Please remove unexpected item in bagging area. You don't have Please wait that, for like, assistance. Thing Please wait for assistance. Exactly. Every 30 seconds to tell you you're doing it wrong, which is why I prefer the cashier because they just do it all perfectly. So, yeah, I feel like the apps is just not, they're not there yet. Maybe in the future, but right now, this is, this is kind of I do like at the self-checkouts when you hear somebody and they lose their mind. Please place item in bagging area. I put the damn item in the bagging area. Yeah. It's there. I had that recently. That man was trying to put through a lot, and it just wasn't working for him. And then he got mad, and he just left. And he left all of his groceries, and it was the only (laughs) self-checkout in front of me. He was just like, I'm not doing this. And he, like, walked out of the store. And it, it just kept saying, please scan your item. Please scan your item. And I was like, is someone going to come clear this so that I can use it now? That would be great. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. That guy had a bad day. That's he amazing. Did. It yeah. doesn't surprise me. People steal stuff. Give no. them the chance, man. This, I don't know. I don't know. I, hospitality is a, a big word, and it's so important. And you get that with a cashier. That's the part to me. Of all of it mm-hmm. is you get that customer service. Otherwise, you go to a grocery store, you wouldn't speak to a soul. What's that? Right? What's the point of that? So I agree with all of all of all of the things about using the people, although sometimes there's just not enough people. Although there's some grocery stores that'll say like I don't know what the big shopping day is like probably Sunday, like on Sundays all tills are open and literally like as far as you can see all the tills are open. I think that stuff's cool. Yep. Do you ever go to your friendly neighborhood Wegmans there in Western New York? It was a Buffalo store. Mm-hmm. No. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know. No, that. I didn't so know when I was there. Put the story together. Oh, WGRZ two on your side. That's who gave us the story. Yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah, Buffalo, thanks, New York. WGRZ. Yeah. There you go. Hey, yeah, I do miss going to Buffalo though. That was the cool part about living in St. Catharines, just Walton Gallery, a hop across. Yeah. You know, Tanawanda, Chitawaga, Tanawanda. Good stuff. Are you okay with Beyond Meat? No. Really? Thanks for listening to the shift. We'll be right back. No, no, sorry. <laughs> okay, jeez. I I think they're okay. Uh, I will. I don't actually eat it from the perspective of like I want to be a vegetarian or anything like that. No. Um, every now and then, it's just like a. It's an alternative. It tastes a little bit different. So sure, I'll try it. And I got to tell you, you're gonna laugh. But one of the most delicious things you can get at A and W is a Beyond Meat Burger with bacon. It sounds ridiculous, but trust me, it sounds, it tastes amazing. So uh, It doesn't uh, sound ridiculous, Ryan. It is ridiculous. It is, but it's good. I just, I, I, I don't knock it till you try it. Trust me, it's pretty good. I will never, so I will take your word for it. You'll never try one? You just, you've never tried I've one? I've had Beyond Meat Burger. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try Beyond Meat Burger with bacon. Beyond bacon. That's crazy. No, Beyond Bacon. Okay, here's my problem with Beyond Meat. Yeah. I went and bought two burgers one night. I bought one Beyond Meat burger and one normal burger and and ate them back to back. And I didn't like it. I mean, it tasted fine. It was, you know, it was great. But why would I get a fake burger when I can get a real burger? 
My my argument with this is I get it. If you are if you don't want to eat meat, then why call it meat? Like come up with a name for your product that don't pretend what it's not. It's don't call it a Beyond Meat Burger when it's not a meat burger. Just call it my super blender with artificial flavors and chemicals for people who want to feel like they're eating things that are better for them, so they put artificial flavors and chemicals into it. I don't says that doesn't really roll. That's hard to market. It doesn't, roll off. It doesn't yeah, fit on the poster. Beyond Meat is a brilliant marketing because it gets people like me yeah. who are like not I, who like vegetarian meals. I'm not a vegetarian, but I enjoy vegetarian food. It gets people like me to even debate it when I go get a burger uh, and try it. And uh, and that's the thing. It's not forever or it's not an often occurrence, but I, I, I do try it and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Well, here's the thing. Again, at the risk of sounding like I'm sitting in my rocking chair tonight, because it seems to be a thing. Get off my lawn. Where's my cardigan? Um, all they need to do if they want to impress the uh, millennials is just charge four extra bucks. And they'll buy it. Make it six and we got a deal. See? There you go. Make <laughs> it two for 14. And it's a good deal for me. Veggie burgers have taken the world by storm. Then they've kind of fallen off a little bit, and here they are again. An NBC report when the meatless burger trend really started to take off. Inside a state-of-the-art research lab in L.A., the sound of a sizzling grill. This is Beyond Meat, where CEO Ethan Brown wears a T-shirt. And to go into his kitchen... You either put a hairnet or a hat on. Moment of choice. I'll take a hat. Now, before we talk science, let's just bite in. Wow. I mean, the consistency feels like meat. And we're getting closer and closer. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the main reasons why his No Meat Burger had one of the juiciest IPOs in two decades, more than doubling its price on the first day. The way it works, a lot of reverse meat engineering, using only plants and finding a growing appetite among consumers. It takes smart people to run a successful company, so you'd be surprised to hear that Beyond Meat COO was arrested this week. Doug Ramsey was arrested after allegedly biting a man's nose in Arkansas in a parking garage following a college football game. Oh, hey, wait. Do you know what a nose is made of? Meat. Human flesh. <laughs> meat. <Yeah. laughs> well, not meat. Human, human meat. Let's hit the clip. 53-year-old Doug Ramsey is facing charges of terroristic threatening and third-degree battery. According to the police reports, it happened in a parking garage near Razorback Stadium after the Razorbacks game against Missouri State. An officer spoke with both Ramsey and the alleged victim, as well as another witness, and determined Ramsey's car was bumped by a passing Subaru. According to the report, Ramsey then got out of his car and punched through the back windshield of the Subaru. The Subaru owner said when he confronted Ramsey, Ramsey started punching him and bit his nose, ripping flesh away from his face. Beyond flesh. Now that's uh, marketable. <laughs> to Doug. That's uh, Fox 24. By the way, Doug Ramsey was named the CEO of Beyond Meat in 2021, December. According to Tyson Foods website, Ramsey has been a member of Tyson Foods Poultry since 1992. I wonder if her nose tastes like chicken. Uh, was named president <laughs> of Global McDonald's business in uh, 2019. The site also states that Doug was a champion of team member safety and sits on the company's executive safety council. He was released Sunday, and there has been no response from Beyond meat I still don't get it I still don't 
I still don't get, I get the meat, but to me, uh, this is way too deeply philosophical. It's not about the veggie burger because either a veggie burger would be appealing. It's some sort of thing about I'm better than meat, I guess. I don't know because they still call it meat. So the meat part must be appealing for sure. What do you do, BK? Do you do like a portobello mushroom? Because you don't, you know, I mean, you ate meat now, but you didn't for a while. Yeah, when I didn't eat meat, I occasionally had Beyond Meat burgers. It's every once in a while. They were fine. They weren't detestable in any way. And I would do mushroom and things like that. But usually, like, I didn't uh, really crave the taste of, of meat. So I, I didn't uh, eat things that imitated that. There was, like, imitation chicken and stuff you could get. But I was like, eh, what's the point? I'm with you. This is the Shift Podcast. Food should be fun. Food should be fun. Food is not often fun. If really, if you think about it, we have these sort of three ways that we truly look at food. And let's just be honest about it, okay? The first way is, oh, you shouldn't eat that. Oh, you should be healthy. We've been told this diet culture for decades now that we, we're doing it all wrong. And every way you do it is wrong because if you go to this website, they'll say, oh, by the way, yeah, don't drink Gatorade, drink G2, right? And then don't drink water. You got to have a better pH in your water. Come on. The other way we look at it, of course, is the guilty pleasure stuff, which is the coping, the, you know, make me feel good. You know, God, come on, do this. And then we're not present to food. We don't sit down with food anymore. We don't sit around with people and have conversations and socialize. So basically I'm saying, go ahead, you can be mad. We do food all wrong. We do it for all the wrong reasons, 100%. And so we wanted to get into a conversation that's inspired by Julie Ohana about culinary art therapy. Now, that sort of touches on all of these things. Julie, thanks for being here. Can you help us uh, start by what the heck, what the hell is culinary art therapy? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for opening up this conversation because I could not agree more with you that unfortunately, so many of us for so long really have been tackling food in, I don't want to say the wrong way, but in the not the most optimistic way to live a happy, healthy life like we all deserve. Uh Um, So what I do, I'm a licensed uh, clinical social worker. And in my practice, I really found food and the process of creating delicious, beautiful, nutritious meals um, to be a great vehicle to help people get in touch with deeper emotions and, you know, things that they have going on in their lives. So many people that listen to this shift are from so many different lives. So we do have people that are on fixed income. We have people that are executives getting ready to go to work for the day. And we have blue collar workers that are just working away through the course of the day. That is a wide scope of available finances. Can yes. we can we live into food? Um, it's tough on budgets without a doubt. It's not going to be easier if you're on a fixed budget. Um, especially with everything's going on with shelflation, inflation, and all those it words. Yes, Can we pull it totally off? Agree. Absolutely. That's actually one of the most beautiful parts about all of this is, you know, when you talk about a budget for food, there's really a difference when you talk about, you know, fast food, drive-through type food, which by the way, is not cheap anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it ever really was, but that is not cheap. Um, and certainly there are many, 
super fine dining, really elaborate dining experiences that that cost an arm and a leg. But when you cook at home, when you when you get really just down to the basics and you buy fresh, simple ingredients, it doesn't need to cost a lot of money to really have optimal experience and optimal flavor. There's a whole lot you can do with just, you know, simple ingredients to make a loaf of bread, to make a fresh, simple salad. And the process of putting all those things together, there's so much that we can gain from that experience that that alone makes it worthwhile. Fuel into our tank. What comes first, chicken or the egg? Feelings or, or your body? Um, exactly. You know, that, that that's a real thing. I guess that, Julie, what I come back to is the experience of ourselves, your posture, and I've just recently really did a bunch of study on it this summer. So your feelings happen. They are there. But feelings are generally a reaction to something. Now, right. now, I'm not diminishing the soulful inspiration part. We often confuse feelings with our soulful inspiration. That's not it. Feelings are our response to something that's going on. If my right. posture crumple over can make me feel crappy or if I feel crappy and all I do is stand up straight and take a few deep breaths that can change how I feel. So I would say there is a a chicken before the egg here and that is fuel your body feel better. Right. Well, did you know Shane that the sense of smell is the strongest smell, the strongest sense tied to memory. So, I, so often, I did know that. Can I tell you a quick story? We oh, actually please, had, um, oh, what, we had a, uh, I call her the smelly lady. We had a, I forget the name of the, um, the study she does, but she does that. She was on last week, coincidentally. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's on the podcast. I invite everyone to go check it out. I just learned that, that that's what she does is the study of memory and smell. Fantastic. So please continue. That's amazing. Well, we could not have planned this any better if we tried. <laughs> Um, but it's amazing how so often, you know, we we're drawn to dishes that before we eat them, we smell them, mm-hmm. right? So that smell brings us back to a memory. And, you know, you hear people talk about the idea of comfort food. And so often the idea of comfort food comes from, we want to make ourselves feel better. And we look to certain things. Why do those things make us feel better? Oftentimes they are tied to an experience or something from our past that triggers something. Mm-hmm. So that concept of comfort food, comfort eating, eat your feelings, it's all interconnected. So if you're going back to good food, and I'm putting good in you know air quotes here, because good, yes, nutrition, fruits, veggies, all the things that we know our bodies need, but also good in the sense of where is it taking us emotionally when we experience those dishes? So some of us, have good memories say around Thanksgiving or about Christmas and some people don't. So I I do allow space for that. Absolutely. But if it's ham or if it's Turkey or whatever it is, you walk into the house, you smell the Turkey. You're just, now you're in the mood, right? For, for the good things that are there. We've been conditioned. We often talk about conditioning as a bad thing, but this is one of those really beautiful pieces that, you know, we can live into that. Is that where you're the, the memory and the smell is coming together for you? Yes, that is absolutely a part of it. That is absolutely connected. And you're right. For the people who have the good experiences, that is definitely something that I try to tap into. And unfortunately, there are many of us that, you know, don't have great experiences. And some people will say, so is this, you know, is this practice not for me? If I don't have these good connections associated with food, can I not do this? And I say, of course you can. There's always room to build new connections. Right. There's always the future going forward. If somebody isn't 
lucky enough to have those great Thanksgiving memories, I say to them, what do you want to create for yourself in, you know, that holiday, that cultural space? And how do we go about creating it so that moving forward, you start to build those memories for yourself and moving into the future, you you have them, you have, you have them to draw on. Now, we often do that, right? Grandma puts a pie in the window, that old storyline that's been around for 100 years. But yet, what I'm seeing here for the first time, uh, Julie, is in your work around culinary art therapy, is that what it can I can look forward to is that if I'm having a tough day or if I'm going through maybe a difficult season of my life, I could intentionally cook some positive memory smelling foods in order exactly. to shift some of my experience of all of it say well i mean turkey's an easy one so let's do turkey i mean if, if turkey's the one um you know then just create the turkey or or maybe not the turkey but the chicken or something along those bake it and yet let me cross those lines again that we often will do it with banana bread or again we're back into that comfort food thing and which is positive memories i would say yeah go eat the banana bread just don't eat the whole loaf in one thing which i exactly. something i might do um but so we can actually intentionally almost fool ourselves into the happy here. Well, it's, it's muscle, it's muscle memory, you know, it's, it's getting that emotional workout to go back. You know, so often people will say, um, you're feeling down, you're struggling, go for a walk, go get a workout in because it gets those endorphins going. This is, it's in some ways, it's a similar practice that you're doing something, you're taking action for yourself to cause a positive reaction. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it doesn't even have to be eating at all because it's not really eating it. It's the act of making it and processing it and participating in this activity. So, so often, I'll give you a quick example. My mom threw her back out last week and she was just in so much pain and down in the dumps and really kind of stuck at home and not much going on. And of course, you know, me wanting to do something for her, what was one of the few things I could do, but I could feed her. So I baked this cake that she grew up eating that my grandma always used to make. Um, and I took to my kitchen, I baked the cake and I brought it over to her. So here, this was something that made me feel better to help her mm-hmm. put a smile on her face to, you know, enjoy something that she loved that brought her good memories, but was also delicious. And I didn't even eat it. Yeah, I just, I made it and delivered. It. Right. Well, it's, you hear story. I hear stories about people that volunteer at soup kitchens. I think I just figured something out and serving people food and helping people eat and get access to food. That's a beautiful thing. Regardless, here's the cool part that I think that I just figured out is imagine if going to the soup kitchen and the positive reinforcement of the smells and the memories and all those things, and you're giving back to the community like you did with your family member and your and, 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 and look what you're starting to create in your life and why people seem to go back right? People always seem to go back. Same thing with walking like dogs and pets. I mean, the, the smells of pets seems to do that. Once you're become a dog walker or a, a a rescue volunteer, people don't ever seem to leave those things. So this could be one of those reasons why. Absolutely. You know, we, we need food, obviously we need it to, to exist and to keep on living. Um, but it really does something for our, our souls and our minds that, um, we just get so much out of. Mm -hmm. This is so good. So what's, um, what's like, you've been through this. I mean, you study it, you watch it. Maybe if you don't mind sharing with yourself or, or with someone that you've worked with or around that sort of self-improvement, can you give an example with respecting privacy still about how someone's gone from being in a tough spot to, to really making a turn and what they're going through? 
Absolutely. So there's kind of two ways to go with this. Um, number one, there, there are so many actual skills, life skills, qualities that people gain so many lessons and improvement when you, when you do this kind of work, whether it's increased self-esteem, um, increased better communication, relationships. You know, people, when you take a, a couple or a family and you actually spend time in the kitchen together and you're working on your time management, your communication skills, you're bonding with each other. Um, you know, you're not just making dinner. It's not just that it's not just about that 60 or 90 minutes that you're doing something and you have a great meal and, you know, the chicken turns out great. Yes, the chicken's important. Of course, the meal itself is important. You want it to be wonderful and delicious, but it's about all of those interactions. And when they happen together, they they increase all of these amazing qualities that help to bring us great quality of life. So there's that element of it. Um, but there's also, you know, there's so much that you just, you take to other experiences with you and you, you learn lessons for yourself. I think the, the aha moments, if you will, that happen in the kitchen really are quite surprising for many of us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they still happen to me. I've been cooking all my life. I've been doing this for about 20 years professionally, and I still have on a regular basis, these moments where I'll be doing something and I kind of take that step back and I realize, oh, wow, that's why I'm doing this. Or this is why this is meaningful to me. Or this is why I, I want to do this. Uh -huh. um, the, the mindfulness factor is really just a huge opportunity in the kitchen. Could be something as simple as like, oh, Uncle Bob. I wonder how he's doing, right? Because there's a smell or something that comes around with that. It's, it's great that you say this because what comes to mind for me specifically was this summer and I didn't do it. We didn't get a chance to do it. Um probably just because of a lack of intention, but was to go have a cookout. You know, you go to some parks and they have those barbecue pits, whether they're briquette pits or whatever. And I have a bag of briquettes downstairs ready to go. And it's that smell. When I walk through the neighborhood, I mean, grilling is one thing on the barbecue. Usually in the springtime, you get that whiff for the first time and you're like, yeah. But for me, when someone does chicken with barbecue sauce, it smells different and it just takes you back and you're like, oh, I don't even know if I like it, but it takes me back to a place where, um, where it feels really, really great, right? And so right. these are the things that are coming to mind when you describe this is that get back in the kitchen and and start, you know, start the conversation. It's my favorite thing that Melina and I do is cook together. Well, I think you used a great word. You you use the word intentional. And I think that's such an important word because we all eat um, so unconsciously. You know, we we have to eat three meals a day. We put things in our mouth without even thinking about it. We make choices without even thinking about it. But the real meaning and the pleasure that comes from it is when we are intentional about how we're cooking, who we're cooking with, um, you know, what we want the whole experience to really be like. This is cool. This is so cool. Um, you know, overall well-being and our, our go back to the beginning here and our bodies impacting our feelings. Um, what's your experience of it? I mean, you're a normal human too. Not only do you work in this, but you have good days and bad days. You have Absolutely. a partner, uh, you know, you yeah. go through the life and the, there's days when you, I'm sure you shake your head at your partner and there's days when you shake your head at yourself going, oh, I was a terrible partner today. Um, how does this work for you? What have you personally found that, that, you know, maybe a moment or something that's really helped you? Um, first of all, I think we have to start off and remind ourselves, like you said, we're human. We have good days. We have bad. We have good. We have bad. It's okay. Mm -hmm. um, we have to remember to kind of be 
gentle with ourselves and allow room to, to forgive that we're going to make mistakes. And again, the opportunity for me being in the kitchen is always a great opportunity for me to show my love for my husband, my kids, my family, my friends. Um, when I want to do something nice, you know, where I'm, I'm working, I'm busy. We've got two kids, my husband's busy, but when I want to be like really thoughtful at the end of the day and really, you know, make that effort to, to go the extra mile, I make a nice dinner, mm-hmm. right? I, and, it, and I'm not saying like it has to be five star, you know, you spend a thousand dollars on a meal. Um, I'm just saying you're intentional. Mm-hmm. I make choices to show those that I love that I want to invest the time and the effort for them because they're worth it. And that's so easy to do in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes to mind, I mean, not only the fancy, but sometimes dinner for some people is uh, some leftover noodles, butter, and some salt and pepper. And that's all right. it is today. But I, I, what I pictured when you said that was even when you have the friend over and you hand them that bowl of just the basic noodles, because it's just sustenance today, um, crafting that, even if it's just simple, is right. still, still kind of a nice thing. Like this is, this is cool. Like Absolutely. This. Because sometimes, sometimes the bowl of noodles sits on, you know, a clean table where you're putting placemats together or you fill a pitcher with water and maybe you put some cucumber slices in it. There's, there's right. lots of things that you can do to show that care and that effort without it being fancy, elaborate expensive. or expensive. Is that what you call it? The culinary part as opposed to just cooking, right? Cause you could call this the CAT, the cat, you could call it just cooking art therapy, right? And culinary and art. Is that where we're connecting the dots here? Is that culinary and hospitality are, are one, they dance together, right? One sort of starts They're they, yes. They're distinctly different. You don't need them. They can be separate, right. but they also dance right. together. Um, is that where yeah. the culinary art part comes in this conversation, Julie? Yeah, I think so. It's really, it's about elevating it, right? You know, it's not just, um, you, yes, you could, you could cook, but cook, right. It's, it's doing something where you're just physically taking ingredients, combining them and you come out with the, with the finished product. But the art of, of cooking, the art culinary arts is when you're elevating something and you really are bringing in that higher level of effort, intention, beauty, meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what it's all about. Add color. That's what I always say. If you don't know what to do, just add some, what can you do? What can you do to add some color to this plate today? Yeah. Oh, so true. This is so good. I love this. Um, Julie Ohana is, uh, well, it's culinary art therapy. It's the, basically the discipline of that, of creating in the spirit of well being and mindfulness and being able to take it from there. Okay. I have a question for you, Julie, cause it's what's coming up, up next here on the shift cookouts. Yes. If you're going to do a cookout for you personally, what would be your go-to? Okay, Julie, you and I, we are responsible for the cookout. Our families are getting together. What are you going to make? Okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind, you you said color. Mm-hmm. So to me, color in a, in a meal is huge because we eat with our eyes first. So I'm thinking veggies. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm, I'm the person that actually enjoys the chopping and the mincing and, you know, the, the, the effort that goes into the meal. So I would take some red onion and some zucchini and some gorgeous tomatoes and chop them all up, put them on some skewers, put a little olive oil, salt and pepper, and throw those guys on the grill. Mm -hmm. Skewers. I like that. I like the, uh, like the kebabs for the cookouts, like the quick, the quick grab and bites. Right. And if you were going to throw a deep fryer at it just for a little bit of comfort, I would probably get myself into chicken fingers would be a nice one for people to snag and just run with at the old cookout. But I also would add into that 
probably some pickles, some deep fried pickles or something just for fun. I, I can get behind that. Yeah, you can support that. This is going to be a good gathering you and I are going to have. Yes. I love yep, that. I'm all for it. <laughs> this is so cool. Thank you so much, um, Julie Ohana, culinary therapy and, um, and all the things. How can people connect with you, by the way, if they want to learn more about this? Sure. You can uh, visit my page on Instagram under culinary art therapy or Facebook or send me an email at culinaryarttherapy at gmail.com. Thanks, Julie. Thanks so much for having me. This is the Shift Podcast. All right. So I want to clarify, clarify, let me clarify my clarity and clarify my clarity. Oops. I want to clarify, (laughs) I did it again. What's going on with my brain? I want to clarify this storyline about the prime minister and let's get one thing out of the way a lot of people that are chasing this and being snotty about it are saying the night before the funeral which is not true it might be semantics but it was saturday night not sunday night and i think that matters at least if we're going to create or have an opinion about what happened it needs to be at least based on accuracy in what all this was you don't know what we're talking about It's the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, singing at a gathering in London, England, Saturday night before the Queen's funeral happened on Monday, sparked some debate on social media. Now, in the video that was captured, Trudeau can be seen singing Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, as Quebec musician Gregory Charles played on the piano. Uh, Charles is a member of the Canadian delegation and walked in the Queen's funeral procession on Monday. Now, this clip was shared out on Twitter when it garnered over 500,000 views earlier more since it's unclear though who shot the video prime minister justin trudeau arrived here in london on friday night and a video of him posted on twitter shows him singing a rendition of the queen song bohemian rhapsody in what appears to be a hotel lobby It's unclear who took the video, but the Prime Minister's office confirms it is the Prime Minister saying after dinner on Saturday, the Prime Minister joined a small gathering with members of the Canadian delegation who have come together to pay tribute to the life and service of Her Majesty. His office says Quebec musician and Order of Canada recipient Gregory Charles played piano in the hotel lobby and some others joined in. 877-399-9898. Nothing to see here or tone deaf. Where does that land for you? So um, let's just get started with this. The basics are Saturday night, hotel lobby. And there's a lot of stuff that's blurred out that's sort of blurry here. Saturday night, hotel lobby, piano, gathering, singing Queen songs. Let's start with Queen, by the way. Um, Anybody know? Hands up. Ryan, I think we talked about this earlier. BK, maybe you know too. Do you know why Queen is called Queen? Anybody? Uh, yes. Well, it, the story that I was always told was that Freddie Mercury wanted to pick a name for the band that was as grand and royal as possible. You know, as fabulous, I think, is the word he used, which is I mean, correct. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, um, where uh, uh, BK, where, where's Queen from? UK. Okay. And we've played all kinds of songs that have just been sort of not necessarily related to the queen, but um, 
but uh, British songs through the course of the last few days, just to sort of acknowledge as a bit of a tribute, I think, to the the country and and all that stuff. Um, so we've we've sort of done that here as well. Uh, June nineteen seventy, I think, is when the band was suggested be renamed to Queen. Um, others remained uncertain at first, according to Wikipedia. It's wonderful, dear people will love it. Is the quote. So this is also where they changed Freddie Mercury's name and all of these things that sort of came about with all this. So, okay, so there we go. So that's the basics of Queen, in case you were wondering if there was any relationship with that as well. 877-399-9898. Okay. Let's get ourselves into some conversation here. Evelyn's in Winnipeg. Evelyn, nothing to see here or tone deaf? I'm not. I'm not a prude. And I'm going to announce this perfectly fine. This was just his form of of grieving or having having a joyful time. There was nothing wrong with what he did. None, okay. none whatsoever. No, no. I find I find that you know when when people pick pick and pick and choose and tell people how to grieve and all this other stuff, it, it's an insult because the fact of the matter is the queen wanted wanted a celebration at his funeral. Mm-hmm. So basically it was two, two days ahead, uh, two days ahead of schedule, but Hey, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the way it works because she wanted a grand, a grand procession, a grand funeral. That's, that's what you get first for that. Because the thank fact you. of the matter is, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, Evelyn. Appreciate your thoughts. 877-399-9898. Nothing to see here or tone deaf. Uh, Les sends in a text message. As for Trudeau, normally I'd be indifferent, but the circumstances make it inappropriate. Les says, yes, tone deaf. All right. Not that we're keeping score here, but I'm just curious your thoughts, because there are all kinds of different ways to look at this. And I will share my thoughts coming up here. Let's go to Port Moody. Say hi to Willie. Good evening. Oh, hi. Nothing. I'm the nothing to see here, Gal. I, okay. You know, I just want to remind. I just want to remind people that historically, in many of the uh, regions of Great Britain, United Kingdom, wakes are a joyful, singing, celebratory occasion. Yeah. Um, also, remind people that Justin Trudeau was personally very well-liked and very well-known by the Queen since he was a child. Mm -hmm. I very much doubt that his singing a song in the evening when he was not undertaking any official functions Mm -hmm. was entirely appropriate and none of anyone's business. So what I'm going to do, Willie, is just clarify a couple of things. This was not at a wake, just to be clear. And to your point about him being off-duty, he was hanging out with people in the hotel lobby in a T-shirt. He was very clearly not sort of, you know, it's not like he was sitting there in a suit and tie doing it either. So uh, to your point. Thanks, Willie, for sharing your thoughts. Appreciate that. 877-399-9898. Is this tone deaf? Um or is this nothing to see here? Annie says, the Prime Minister singing? So, question mark, what's the problem? Okay. Um, hey, mm, boop, 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 boop. Hey, shift kids. Doc from the Rock says, regarding our beloved PM, I'm not a fan, per se. But for goodness sakes, people, cut the man some slack. Sheesh. I'd be honored to have people having fun and singing rock and roll while mourning my passing. Live your life to the fullest. Doc from the Rock. So my question is, is uh, is it offside or not offside 
right? Is it nothing to see here or is it tone deaf? Wayne is in Coquitlam. Hey, Wayne. Hey, listen, uh, tone deaf and uh, what an embarrassment. This is the Prime Minister of Canada. We are going through such difficult times right now. And we have a 40-year-olds running this prov- this country. Okay, well, hey, well pause, pause one second. Pause one second. How old is the Prime Minister? I think he's uh, he's in his 40s, right? 49 years he's old. In his I don't 50. think he's 50. He's in his, I believe he's in his 50s. Yeah, he is 50. He is 50? So, okay, so then. So just to be well, no, I want it to be accurate because I want to hear your thought, Wayne. And I don't, you know, here's the thing, and this is the thing about conversation that's so cool, Wayne, is when you have a when you have a point and you're passionate about it, I can hear your passion. I don't want anybody to come back to Wayne and say they'd stop listening to the good things that Wayne has to say just because of something about 40s or 50s. So I just want to make sure that's clear. So continue your thought. The thing is, this he's the Prime Minister of Canada, and the world mm-hmm. is watching. You have a gentleman sitting in a bar, on a by a piano singing with a T-shirt on. This shows the respect to the Britons, what type of uh, respect we show for Queen Elizabeth, I think it's an embarrassment. Here in Canada, mm-hmm. people are suffering. I work in the, in the real estate field, and, and people can't even pay their bills or, or right. buy food. And this guy's cro- uh, globe trolley across uh, the world with his family, just got back from, from uh, holidays, and this guy's living it up. It's an embarrassment. Well- it's but he is allowed to go on vacation, though, Wayne. Like, he is allowed to go on vacation. I mean, I get it. I agree with the things you're saying. But we got to keep it in context. Like, I think we got to keep it in context, too, Wayne. I, I'm the last guy to defend the prime minister. But, I mean, he is allowed to go on vacation. And he has been flying around, holy cow, a ton. But, I mean, you can't call globetrotting going to the queen's funeral. I mean, that is only appropriate for him to do that. Again, people are suffering here in Canada. And, again, it displays the type of professionalism by him sitting there singing away and people are saying, this guy's really weak and he's the leader of, of Canada. It's an embarrassment. Okay. Well, I appreciate your thoughts, Wayne. Thank you very much for that. It's uh, very, you know, you can hear Wayne's passion, what he's saying. I just, I, I, I think that there are two separate things about, yes, people are suffering in Canada, but he has gone to London uh, for the Queen's funeral. And so it is appropriate that he's in London for the f- Queen's funeral. I mean, I'm not a fan of the guy, but it is appropriate that he's in London for the uh, for the Queen's funeral, including this text message says, I'm not a fan of JT. Texture says, in fact, I don't like him. However, give him a break and let him have some comfort um, with some other Canadians. So this is it's interesting, right? And and Wayne, I, I I appreciate your thought. I'm not disputing your your opinion of it. I'm just trying to keep us uh, on the ra- on the rails, if you will, about what is the ta- the task and the the topic at hand. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. What is it? Is it offside, or or not, of um of everything that's been going on? I don't care from the PM, but really, people should be able to speak and sing if he likes Jay and Surrey BC. I think that there's two things here that this is the point. Um, Wayne had said, you know, in a bar, that's not actually been proven to be true. It's believed to be a hotel lobby. Now, is there bar service in the hotel lobby? Probably. So I think that's probably a safe thing. But there just is a different perception of a bar. Here's my question about all this. First of all, let me tell you that the more people that stop and sing songs in this world, the better this world will be. I think that is absolutely the case. He is also a world leader. If he felt the need to sit around with his friends and sing songs... Is it safe for a prime minister? And I asked this before about the deputy prime minister and acts people access to her. Is it safe for our prime minister to be sitting in a hotel lobby playing singing songs on a piano? I think that is the topic that we need to be able to have. 
is because do you want your prime minister to, that's the storyline that someone gets at the prime minister in that case? See, that's where I think the professionalism is lost. I don't think the professionalism is lost on him singing songs. To me, the professionalism is lost at why is the prime minister in a hotel lobby singing songs? And the other question is, is who the heck took the video and posted it? Because if it was a delegation of Canadians, unless it's somebody that happened to just be walking by, not even a Canadian, maybe, who took the video and posted it. Again, we're starting to see these leaks that these things had to, um, you know, that were happening. If you want to be critical of the prime minister, I would say we shouldn't be surprised that um, shouldn't be surprised that he wants to be the center of attention. All right, let's go to Ian, who's in Richmond Hill. Hey, Ian. Hey, brother. Listen, you know what? Uh, yeah, we all grieve differently. And, uh, you know, the fact that he was over there was uh, a very good show of uh, support for Canada. But uh, I got to be honest with you, I don't think I'd want to be the rest of the people in that lobby having to listen yeah. to him reach out yeah. that song yeah well i mean yeah i mean there is <laughs> there is certainly the uh there is certainly the song choice that would be up for question wouldn't it ian oh absolutely and you know I, I mean he's i met him when he was about seven years old and i've never i didn't like him then and i don't like him now but that's that's beside the point but you know yeah i feel bad for the other people in that hotel i'll tell you that yeah well, I can tell you this, Ian. I just think the world's a better place the more that we sing songs and actually get back to being human here. I mean, regardless if your politics align with his or not. I mean, I, I just don't like the hotel lobby part. That's the thing that gets me is that this seems really exposed to me. And maybe that's me being, I don't know. Thanks for the call, Ian. Appreciate it. 877-399-9898. Another text comes in and says, I don't care for the PM. People really should be able to speak and sing if he likes. Jay from Surrey. Right. Nothing to see here, says Denise. Honestly, all that uh, truly know me, wish to honor me, will be dancing and or singing at my celebration of life. Denise. Well, this wasn't celebration of life, though, just to be clear. It was just a hotel lobby. So this is uh, this is fascinating. Ian from Abbotsford. I'm no fan of JT, but he did nothing wrong. Nothing to see here or tone deaf. What is it for you? The um, the prime minister on video on the Internet, taking the Internet by storm, singing, singing. Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> with questionable skill, probably better than me, but still not that great in a hotel lobby. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.